Welcome to the Social Strategy Podcast, episode number 10. We got 10 in, guys. Welcome to the Social Strategy Podcast, where it's all about making the most of your business with smart tips on what's working now in social media, online business, and good old-fashioned networking. And now your host, who's also known as Ross PR on Twitter, Vernon Ross. This is Vernon Ross, and we're bringing you the best of social media networking and online business. That is right. And today, we're also Pinteresting. If you guys haven't developed a Pinterest strategy, you're crazy. Pinterest is just driving traffic to your websites. It is building businesses. It is making a difference. And if you are a local business, if you're a web property, no matter what you do, you should have a Pinterest account, and Cynthia is going to tell you why. But this is not just another Pinterest episode. We actually go really deep in this episode, and we talk about a lot of stuff that, you know, neither one of us had really planned on talking about. We go into product creation, and we go into delivering to your clients, and integrity in delivering to your client, delivering to your clients, and so many other things that we just didn't touch on. Cynthia's like, I don't know why I'm going so deep in confessing all this stuff today. I guess it's the weather. And so when we we did the episode, it was... uh, a pretty bad ice storm in the Dallas area, Fort Worth area, which is where Cynthia Sanchez is from. But it was an amazing episode. Uh, we got a lot. We kept going and could have kept going forever. Uh, she's just fun to talk to, a wealth of information, interesting background, and she really cares about what she does, and she cares about her clients and cares about her people and cares about delivering. And she's just one of the most authentic, nicest people that I've met in a long time In this area, we talk about, you know, what your expectations should be as far as doing this stuff, you know, this social thing, this teaching thing, this, you know, instructing people online thing that we do and and the money that you can expect from it. And she's, you know, totally open and honest about that. So I really did appreciate uh, Cynthia for that. And Cynthia, I appreciate you for doing that. Uh, It's a pretty amazing episode. So without further delay, let's go ahead, get into this episode and find out why it's also interesting. Hey guys, this is Vernon Ross, and welcome to the Social Strategy Podcast. I have a very special guest today, and it is Cynthia Sanchez from Oh So Pinteresting Podcast. Hi Vernon, so glad to be here. So tell us a little bit about you. I um I don't really do like these elaborate intros for guests because I, I think it's just better for you to kind of tell people, and then I end up you know quoting stuff and saying stuff, and it takes away from it. So tell us a little bit about your background. Sure, sure. Uh, Well, for the past uh, couple of years now almost, I have had a blog and a business based on Pinterest, um, primarily helping businesses getting their um, presence on Pinterest built up and how they can really use Pinterest to market their business as a part of their social media marketing strategy. Um, Last February, I launched the podcast, and that has been a ton of fun. I'm really enjoying that, and it has been been a really big game changer as far as my business has gone. Um, and I'm speaking all around the country, about to head out of the country. My first international speaking gig is, is in the works right now. Could be headed what? up to Canada. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's exciting. Wow. Yeah. That is exciting. International. I'll yeah. Up to Canada. <laughs> yeah. Not, not extremely exotic, but you know, Hey, got to start somewhere, right? Hey, Canada is still another country. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Well, cool. So you mentioned that you you help small businesses or just you help businesses in general, you know, learn about 
Pinterest and, you know, how to, I guess, bring their marketing to Pinterest. Mm-hmm. When we, we met at FinCon, the Financial Bloggers Conference, a couple months ago, well, back in September, that seems like so long ago now. It does, it where, does. Where did the year go, right? <laughs> Jesus, this is almost Christmas. You know, it's almost over for this year. Oh, Yeah, that seems like only a couple of weeks. It's funny. Uh, I'll get back to my question here in a second. Um, I'm a little random on this podcast. When we Let's met just in, go with it. Yeah, when we met in September, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I kind of don't have a, a Pinterest account for the podcast, and I kind of still don't. I mean, it's it's there. And mm-hmm. I haven't done a whole lot with it. I did more within the past couple of weeks, but I was looking and noticed that on Pinterest, you can see how long it's been since a board was created. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, wow, this was six weeks ago. <laughs> it's like, Jesus, I need to do some more. So I added some pins and I was like, oh, man, I'm feeling bad because I'm going to be talking to Cynthia and I don't. Oh, my Pinterest game sucks on my social strategy podcast, Pinterest board no, right now. No, definitely don't feel bad. You know, there are so many options out there and Pinterest is just one of them. And for some people and for some business owners or bloggers, it resonates with them. They enjoy it. They like it. They they get into it. Um, and those are the people that should be using it. Now, if you're like kind of, well, I want to be everywhere because I know I should be everywhere and I have to do this and it's work then it's going to kind of come out in how you approach it and that type of thing. And if, and if you have more, I guess, enjoyment being on Twitter, being on Facebook, being on LinkedIn, well, then that's where you should spend most of your time um, because then it's obviously going to show and, you know, because you're, you're comfortable there, you're going to be posting and engaging more there. Um, so, you know, I, I, I kind of, you know, it, it's business, it's work, but it should be enjoyable. And that's part of the reason that we're doing these types of things because if we wanted to just do work, we would just go get a regular job and just do whatever they told us and just collect the paycheck, right? Um, but when we have this kind of control over it and this flexibility with it, we should do the things that we enjoy. And that, you know, includes social media marketing. Um, and, and, you know, people can tell. And if, if you really don't uh, want to have a Pinterest account, then don't. Um, the only thing that I would recommend is, you know, for everybody and anybody out there that has any kind of online presence is to have the pin it button next to the images that you use on your blog or on your website. Um, give the people who come to your site and find you online either, you know, through a search or, you know, through another social network, the opportunity for them to share your content on Pinterest. Now, how easy is that for people to add to their sites? Very easy, very easy. Um, Pinterest themselves offers code where you can get these little widgets and kind of, you know, just little embed codes to put on your your site. Um, So the pin it button shows up. They even offer you different options of different colors and different sizes, that type of thing. Um, If you have a WordPress site, there are plugins that make it really easy and very customizable. Um, There's one that I really enjoy called the Pinterest pin it button, and pin it is within quotes. You know, if you just look through the WordPress directory or repository. Um, and it's by Phil Dirksen. There's quite a few different plugins, but this one I really enjoy because it is so customizable. Um, I could, if I wanted to make a branded looking kind of pin it button where, you know, matched my color scheme and had maybe the fonts that I used on my site and use that as the pin it button. So it flows with the overall look of my site, or I could just choose one of the, you know, default ones that he has up there, which are, you know, the red and the white and, you know, those types of options. But the thing that's really important that I enjoy about it is that I can customize the pin description. So when somebody wants to, you know, share one of my images on Pinterest, I can pre-write the description that goes with it. 
it. And that's really important because Pinterest is more, leans more, I guess, towards being a search tool and a search engine kind of than a social network where you're having conversations with friends back and forth. Um, So that text that goes along in that pin description is really important to help your images be found, um, both through, you know, Pinterest searches and even on Google searches because more and more you're finding pins on Google searches. Um, So I I like that lately. Yeah, yeah. So I really like that feature of it that I can customize it. Now, the person pinning it can always change that description to be whatever they want. But that requires a little little extra work, you know. And I'd say probably nine times out of ten, my pin descriptions stay the same as the way I write them. Yeah, I don't think very many people are going to pin something, go back in, edit, change the description, and... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, un, unless, you know, you write something really spammy or, you know, something really long and huge and obnoxious or, you know, or just put a one-word description, maybe then they'll change it. But if it's, right. you know, pretty natural flowing, maybe the, the title of your blog post and, you know, maybe a word or two about it, you want to keep them relatively short, um, you know, kind of think tweet length, you know, give or take a few. Um, they don't have to be too, too long or, you know, can be more than just a, a few words. Exactly. Now, so when you talk about um, being spammy, when you mentioned being spammy on, on Pinterest, I've noticed something here lately, and I, I know a few people that are marketers and just normal website owners, and I actually noticed it with my blog um, just at vernonross.com that I, I have a redirect for the Social Strategy Podcast. I didn't build out a separate branding website just yet, and I probably won't because I, I just have it going back to my main site. The um, I got a message when I clicked on the link from the photo that I, you know, that I linked in Pinterest going mm-hmm. back to my site that it was like, hey, you're going to a site that maybe um, that, that looks suspicious. Yeah. How, yeah. How does that happen? What what triggers that? It's the redirect. Pinterest does not like redirects and they want to go straight to the source. Um, A lot of affiliate types of links, a lot of, um, you know, malintended spammers, you know, uh, will do redirects. And yeah, I have this image and it looks like it's going to go here, but I'm actually taking you to my weight loss site or, you know, pharmacy site or, you know, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Um, So Pinterest redirects do get spam, um, kind of tagged as spam. There is a way around it. So let's say you decide to change the name of your site and that type of thing. You do have to, and it's a process, and I'm actually, this is the first time I'm mentioning this, um, I'm going to have to go through this process pretty soon because I'm going to be changing quite a few things on my site and with my business um, in the near future. So all of the links and all of the pins that I have on Pinterest already will then be affected in the way that yours was, you know, is, um, when I, when I do put those redirects in. Um, so I'll have to figure, you know, I'll have to get in and, and, you know, email Pinterest and let them know and try to get on, you know, an approved list of those redirects. Um, I've been having some conversations with other people that have had to go through this process and, um, you know, it it can be done. It's, it's a process, but, um, you know, if if you really want to avoid that, which I do, I don't want to, you know, give people the wrong idea or lose out on traffic. Mm -hmm. um, just because of that little message that pops up. Right. Yeah, I noticed. I was like, oh, man, I'm not spamming. I, You know, I noticed it with um, I did a couple bitly redirects for some affiliate link, like when I first when Pinterest first started and it was mm-hmm. kind of the wild, wild west and you could have it go anywhere. And mm-hmm. a, a, couple, <laughs> a couple months in that stopped. And, mm-hmm. it, you know, I wasn't sending traffic directly to Amazon for my uh, my book thing I've uh, on Ross PR, which is my other actual Pinterest account that I I put effort into when it first came out and, you know, just went gangbusters with Pinterest and it sent a lot of traffic, but 
some of those things that go directly to Amazon stopped working. And I'm like, oh, mm. crap. Yeah, <laughs> what, yeah, what yeah, happened? yeah. And, and, you know, that, uh, you know, is, is Pinterest just trying to cut back on people just pinning for the sake of promoting? Right. Um, you know, they, they really want to do it to make it engaging, to really show, um, you know, quality. Not that not that your links weren't quality and taking it to a reputable site or anything like that. It's just it's not about a way to sell. It's about a way to engage, a way to inform and about sharing interests and passions and that type of thing. Yeah, I think I'll go on record to say those really weren't all that much quality. It was just, it was, <laughs> it was straight to Amazon to try to get some affiliate dollars. And I, I learned my lesson. I'm like, oh, I know better than that. Bad, bad, bad. <laughs> That, you know, you tried, you tried. And a lot of people did find, you know, that that was working for them, you know, at that time that they were, you know, they were making quite a bit of money from those kinds of links from Pinterest. And, you know, they lasted for a few months and for a few months they were able to to do that. But, you know, I guess they saw, you know, which direction this could really go really quickly. Um, and then I think even at that point, um, if it was about the same time, pretty early on in 2012, I yep. think is when this article came out, um, that Pinterest was kind of receiving a little bit of backlash because they themselves were attaching affiliate links to some product pins and they were trying to monetize in that way. Yeah, I remember uh, that. Yeah, and since then, I think it was that backlash that they received. Look, we can't do it, then you guys can't do it, you know. Yeah, they cleaned it up, and I think it, it's actually for the better, and it, it creates better content on Pinterest. I haven't, I don't see too many spammy things on Pinterest. You know, early on, like I said, it was Wild Wild West. I was getting mm -hmm. all kinds of pins from <laughs> just some stuff that shouldn't have been on there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I, I've seen the same thing, too. I've actually... Um, seen it get cleaned up quite a bit. Now there's still, you know, your share of fake accounts out there and accounts mm -hmm. that, you know, are people that that's all they do is, is link to their e-commerce site. That's all they have. And they join community boards and they just pin image the images that go back to their e-commerce site that have nothing to do with, you know, the community or, or the group board. Um, you know, so it's still out there, but it's, it's less. And, um, you can report that when you, when you find that, right. um, you know, so there is a reporting system, and I encourage people to do that just to kind of keep it, you know, a nice place to be and not be overwhelmed with these, you know, spammy type of pins. Right. So now, you know, of course, we all know that you're a pinspert, and I didn't get a re really get a chance to talk to you along at FinCon. I wanted to know, how did you get into using Pinterest and social media in general? I, I heard it's an interesting story. <laughs> it, it kind of found me in a sense. Um, my background is in the medical field. I'm a radiation oncology nurse, um, so not anywhere in the marketing space necessarily. Um, a little bit of it indirectly, I guess, when you think about it and what I had to do as a nurse. I had to really talk to people, get to know them, and really help them find the best solutions to their problems. Um, and um, I, I have been working as a nurse for a while, and Things were, you know, my, my kids are going off to college. My younger kids were in high school. And, you know, it's like, well, I want to start a blog. I happened to come across uh, Pat Flynn's podcast where he was interviewing Cliff Ravenscraft. Um, and they were talking about online businesses and marketing and podcasting and all this kind of stuff. I was like, whoa, wait a yeah. minute. You mean I can have a business online 
and not have to have a physical location with inventory and, you know, the traditional brick and mortar type of business scenarios. Like I can do that really. And, um, I was like, okay, well, let me look into this a little bit. And I started a blog, but what am I going to blog about? My daughter had a blog. She had a blog spot blog where she, you know, blogged about, um, you know, video games and the video game culture and lifestyle and that type of thing. So I was a little bit, you know, familiar with that, but I really wanted to do this the right way, the professional, the way, the way that, you know, Pat and Cliff recommended that you, you kind of get started. So I went into WordPress and figured, well, I follow all these other bloggers who, you know, at that time, my main interest was, you know, home decorating and recipes and families and, you know, travel and that kind of stuff. And it's like, well, all these people have blogs and they seem to be doing it the way that they recommend. And none of them are, you know, IT engineers or astrophysicists or, you know, whatever. I can do this, you know, Um, and I probably spent the next two months doing nothing but nonstop studying and research of how and what WordPress is and what a widget is and what a theme is and what a child theme is and what a plugin is, you know, all these new words and terminology things that just didn't make sense. Um, And I decided I wanted to write about Pinterest because at that time I'd been on Pinterest for, oh, a few months and it had just taken over my life. Um, I was saying Pinterest, every other word came out of my mouth. You know, I was, I was making new things. My family was eating better. You know, I was cooking more at home, um, you know, more healthy choices and, you know, in our, in our menu and, um, I was buying different things. I was doing projects around the house. My husband got put to work around the house because I was finding projects for him to do on Pinterest. Um, sometimes I'm not sure if he really enjoys Pinterest very much, (laughs) but, uh, (laughs) um, so then the blog came and it was, it was just featuring the things that I was finding and trying on Pinterest. Did it really work? What kind of impact did it have? And, you know, with working a full-time job, having four kids and that type of thing, um, I just couldn't do the projects every week Mm -hmm. and really didn't know what I was going to do as long-term as a business. I just figured, okay, I'll I'll figure it out. Pinterest is fun. This will be fun. And then eventually, and I thought it would actually be around the healthcare industry in some sort that I would get a real online business. This Pinterest thing was just supposed to be for fun to teach me the ropes. And um, I guess I had been blogging about Pinterest for a few months and a local business owner contacted me and said, hey, we see that you know about Pinterest. We need our business on Pinterest. Will you help us? And they hired me. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I was really shocked and I was, you know, I was very upfront and honest with them. It's like, I explained exactly how I did it, why I did it, what my background was. And it's like, well, we're new too. Um, it's a new business and a new industry for them and we'll just all learn together. And I went and took a course on social media and started reading everything I could about social media and learning as much as I could about it, um, and help them grow their business with it. And then then on, it's like, okay, this is my serious business. And the, uh, focus of the blog shifted from more of the project type of based thing. And I was interviewing, um, other, other bloggers who were also, you know, trying things on Pinterest and, you know, had been in, you know, I guess, inspired by Pinterest to do different things and other people that I knew. So it wasn't all just me. So I kind of gotten that interview process started back then. Um, but the blog shifted from that type of focus to more of the business strategy and how to use Pinterest focus. No, that is very cool. So it's always nice when the businesses come to you. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to go out and pitch the business. Yes. So now with with that, you it took you, you dove in like head first two months in, learning about Pinterest, start blogging about it, got your stuff out there, business saw it, they're like, Oh yeah, she knows what she's talking about. You start working for them. When was your drop your name tag on the floor and walk out the door moment? Um, It came really, really quickly for me. Um, And 
I, you know, I kind of careful when I talk about this and, and because I don't want people to get the wrong idea that this just happened and it was so super easy that anybody can do it and just quit their job and everything will be just like it was before, you know, income wise. Right. Uh, for me, that I got that first client in June and I left my job in September, um, Labor Day, actually Labor Day weekend before the weekend, before I could get that extra, you know, payday of, you know, <laughs> the paid holiday. <laughs> you know, I was like, maybe oh, I should yeah. wait an extra week. Like, no, I just need to go. Um, there were, and it happened for a lot of different reasons, a lot of reasons. Uh, my, my husband's job had changed. I saw the potential of this business. My kid's schedule had changed. Family was changing. You know, two kids were going off to college, two were at home, but you know, there was other things that we needed to do here with, with my family and stuff and things were changing at work. It's like, okay, either I, maybe I change to a different job that gives me a different work schedule, you know, and being a nurse, you know, there is a lot of flexibility. Um, you know, maybe I take a, a job where I work more weekends and, you know, maybe do the three twelve hour shifts. Cause at that time I was working Monday through Friday type of schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, the typical eight to five kind of thing. Uh, maybe I go back to the 12 hour shifts and just work a few days a week so I can accommodate all this. But I really saw the potential and it was really, really, and still am enjoying having this online business and, um, was really excited about it. So it it didn't take very long. Um, I still have yet to achieve the income level that I was at before, Mm -hmm. but the things that I'm able to do for myself and with my business and, and the way, you know, personal development and, and the way that I feel that I can be here for my family, even though sometimes I get into the business and dinner is delayed a couple of hours or, or we pick up fast food and, you know, I'm not making (laughs) quite so many healthy recipes from Pinterest anymore as I used to. Um, you know, I just feel, you know, personally for me, I think this was just the best choice I could have ever made. Yeah, no, that is that is interesting. You you touched on a couple interesting points, and I I, th- I think it's um it's really cool that you're talking about the fact that yes, you're a full time online Pinterest expert. I heard you talk. I missed part of it because you know FinCon was crazy, but mm-hmm. <laughs> I've I've heard you speak. I've listened to your podcast plenty of times. I know you're going to be a new you're you are going to be a new media expo. I'm sure I saw your face on the list of speakers, right? Yes, I'll be speaking at New Media Expo. Uh-huh. So I won't miss that one, and because I'm going to be there. Great. So what? At what point do you? Um, because a lot of a lot of people that are online, they come. People think that these everybody is you know having. $58,000 months like Pat Flynn. <laughs> and that's just not the case. Or, you know, John Lee Dumas there, you know, not everybody can have a podcast like that. And I heard, um, the guy, I can't remember his first name. His last name is Marin. Uh, he's a sister and he was talking about that. No, you absolutely cannot make money podcast. And he said this, uh, I think it was right before USA today put out an article, um, during the summer about <laughs> the, you know, the, resurgence of podcasting and mm-hmm. I'm like yeah it never went anywhere but <laughs> I've, <laughs> I've been listening to podcasts for years but you know not, not yeah. doing one but you know what um how does how does that make you feel when you you know that there are guys out there like Pat Flynn and guys like you know that are making that kind of money but you you're you actually had a business that you were building and then the podcast and the speaking came second mm-hmm so paint a picture, if you can, for people about, you know, what that income expectation should be. What I, I mean, you don't have to share your exact numbers if you don't want, but kind of paint a picture about, you know, progress 
over the few months? Because it, it didn't take you that long to go, you know, full time into your business, although you didn't fully replace your income. No, no. And I didn't. And, um, you know, when I first got that client, I really, you know, was was surprised and, you know, OK, now I have to have a real business strategy. I have to really figure out pricing schedules. I have to get contracts. I have to do all this kind of stuff. So I really wasn't prepared in that way, because remember, when I first started everything, the point and the intent was was to learn learn this online kind of stuff first and then come up with a business idea that I could then carry over into that kind of maybe taking, you know, more of the Pat Flynn approach and maybe affiliate type of things or, or developing, an, you know, my own product or, you know, that type of thing. So when it came to me, I really wasn't prepared. Um, so I had to have that in mind. So I think really over these last, you know, over the last year, I've been trying to develop and I, and I've seen things that have really worked well and I've seen things that have, um, you know, I'm still, there's parts of the business that I'm still struggling with. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, so for me, I'm playing kind of catch up. What, what, and, parts, what parts do you think, I'm sorry to interrupt. What parts do you think sure. you're struggling with? Well, you know, the product development, my mm -hmm. services page, you know, and, and there's a lot of, and I think, and this is common with a lot of other online business owners and business owners in general, um, and getting to go to conferences and getting to meet more people who are trying to accomplish, you know, similar things. You know, we all wish we could be where Pat is. And, you know, when I first got into this, I looked at everybody and I really kind of looked at their sites and what they did and who they are and about how long they've been in the space. And really, it seemed like all of them, it took three or four years of busting their butt to really get going. You know, it took time, it took effort, it took energy. And that took, it, it gave me hope. It also took a little bit of pressure off of me in, in a sense, because it's like, I can't do it all right now. I can't expect to, you know, have the quick fix. Mm -hmm. And, you know, being, you know, I guess my personality and, you know, being a nurse, I know all good things have to take work and effort and time. You can't take that magic weight loss pill and have a model thin body overnight. You have to work, you have to eat right, you have to exercise, you have to do all of these things to really get something that is truly healthy for you. You can have the quick fix that's going to, you know, maybe drop water weight and the scale will look better, but is that good for your body? Is that really long lasting? Is that sustainable? No. Same thing that goes for a business, I think. Right. If you have that quick fix and, you know, it all comes really quickly and, you know, you find that magic product and you make $10,000 in affiliate commissions, is that really a long-term business strategy when that product isn't, you know, really relevant in six months? Um, you know, and that that's just, you know, uh, kind of a scenario thing. So there's still some development going on. And I think for the person out there getting started or, you know, that has been in it a while um, and we see, you know, the really uber successful, you know, people, I think we should take inspiration from them. But everybody's situation is different and everybody's circumstances and everybody's, um, I guess, time availability and resources are different. But I found, you know, doing the most that you can with what you've got is, you know, just get, you know, an inch further each day. And if you can get six inches in, you know, in a week, that's awesome. But if you can get, you know, 20 feet, you know, by something that you just really dove into, that's even better. Right. Um, and, and I think a lot of people, and I know for myself that there's been times where I've been, you know, it's uncomfortable and it's risky and it's scary. And, um, you know, sometimes it's just ripping that bandaid off for the longest time. I've kind of thought about, okay, I need to make a video course about teaching people how to use Pinterest, um, because people make courses and, you know, I have seen courses about making courses and, you know, see that people really, you know, can make some good money off of it. But, you know, it's something about it still just didn't feel right. And I did kind of a freebie and it's still on my site, um, a, a video course, a small mini video course about getting your Pinterest profile set up. 
and the best way to do it and, you know, keeping SEO and your, you know, and all this, all the ins and outs of getting a, a Pinterest profile set up. And I put it on my site for free and, and talked about it on webinars I did with, you know, people like Amy Porterfield. And, you know, I did a web, webinar for one of her classes that she offers and, you know, mentioned it and, you know, have it in my sign up box. And when I go back and look at the video stats, people are signing up for it, but are they watching it? Mm-hmm. Not very, not as many people as I would have expected to watch it and really learn from it were watching it. They weren't really getting anything out of it. And um, it's like, well, I put a lot of time and effort and a lot of thought and, you know, buying the software to do it and the camera and the lighting and the audio. And, you know, it was, it was crazy. And not many, very many people are getting things, anything out of it. Is that really, really good to do? So I well, kind of stopped. I'm well, sorry, go ahead. Well, I, I guess when you, create, when you create a course or you create any, any type of information, should you be concerned if people aren't implementing? Because, I mean, we already know that only a small number of people that actually get a course or sign up for something are ever going to read it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that actually, for me, that does bother me. Um, I really want people to spend their money wisely. And if they're going to, you know, think highly enough of me and the products that I'm offering to invest money in it, I want them to get them, not that they have to implement it, but they have to at least consume it. Right. You know, I know I can't control everything that they do. I just, I, I don't feel right about doing that. I want to give people something that they really can use and that will really be helpful to them. Um, you know, I know it's up to their, you know, it's up to them to do that. I mean, and same goes back, you know, to when I was a nurse, I could, you know, advise them and teach them and consult them, you know, but as you know, I mean, in being an oncology, there were a lot of, you know, I mean, there were times where we'd be treating somebody for lung cancer and as they're walking out, you know, their family is all smoking around them, right. you know, you know, there's a history in the family and the family still do, you know, it's like, ah, people learn, you know, um, and, and I'm sorry if you're a smoker out there and that was offensive, but, you know, <laughs> it's just, you know, you try your best and your hardest to help people and, you know, so, but at least they heard me. I had the choice, they had, but it was their choice, you know? Right. And, um, so in, in this, you know, it's kind of stopped me, you know, for now and maybe right now it's just not the right time. So I kind of thought about, it's like, well, what can I do that's different? Well, what about, and you know, other things that I've heard, you got to be willing to do what your other, what other people in your field aren't willing to do. You got to do something different. You got to stand out and be unique. Mm -hmm. So what I thought I would do is just do a live workshop series. Um, and that isn't necessarily different and unique, but I don't know anybody doing that for Pinterest. Yeah, we, we just we had talked about that right before uh, we started the recording. I'm going to go back into a couple things that you just said, but tell us a little sure. bit about that. Um, well, it's a live three-week course. It's, you know, it's not like six weeks or eight weeks or anything, and it's an hour and a half you know, once a week for three weeks and we get on a live call and it's a small course. It's a small group of people. So it's also kind of a networking thing. We too, um, you can get to know about the other people in your course. The first group that I did was a little bit shy and, you know, that type of thing. But, you know, and I take you step by step and I get to look at each one of, you know, the accounts that I'm working with, um, you know, whether they have a Pinterest account or they're starting one um, and then go into their businesses and really get them focused and really work with a small core group of people to really get them going on. On Pinterest, um, as opposed to just making a video course that I just kind of anonymously push out there to people, I really wanted to get to know them. I mean, that has been one of my favorite parts of being in and doing what I'm doing now. I mean, I got to meet you at FinCon. I've got to meet a lot of other people throughout this whole journey that I've been on for the last, you know, two years now. My, you know, I now have people that I'm, I'm communicating with around the world, where you know, my community of, of friends and people that I knew 
three years ago, you know, didn't really expand far beyond, you know, the state, you know, (laughs) and and I I really think that's, that's just a great thing about it. So making that one-on-one connection is really important to me. And I felt better about this. And just kind of, as we were saying before, if I don't feel good about it, you know, why, why bother doing this? I I might as well just go back and get the job that's going to, you know, pay the bills and give me paid vacations. Yeah, exactly. You know, I was, uh, I was talking to uh, the last podcast interview that, that I posted is with Andrew Warner from Mixergy. And, mm-hmm. you know, often when Andrew gets interviewed, he will turn the interview around and start asking his own questions <laughs> just because he interviews so many people, he can't help it. It's like trying to interview Larry King, right? <laughs> yeah. So we started talking about these, um, these counter mind thoughts. And one of his questions is, well, why don't you have your your program out there yet? What's stopping mm-hmm. you? And he sent me a, a thing of bead in my hand right now that, you know, help you focus on your true mind activities and what you should be doing and to fixate on the, on the right target that you want. And it's funny to me, something that you said is that you didn't feel right about putting out, just putting out something there anonymous. And I don't know if it was me just searching for reasons why I still haven't gotten this course done. I'm working on it. And, you know, going through the process that, you know, he sent me these bees for has helped me actually start putting pen to paper and getting, getting stuff down and modules created and, Awesome. I'll be pushing it out soon, but I think that it's interesting you were uncomfortable with just copying what you saw was successful because I'm pretty sure at this point you could put a course out and probably have a fifty, sixty, seventy, hundred thousand dollar launch easy. Mm-hmm. I, I'm pretty sure you could, but instead of doing that, you're going the route that's more comfortable with you. It is, and you know, and a lot of people would say, "Oh, well, you're just silly that you're not taking advantage of that opportunity to make that kind of income right now." Um, but I want to do what feels right. You know, way, way, way back in the day, I used to have the sales job, and it, it was kind of one of those things. Um, actually, it wasn't that that long ago. After September 11th happened, my husband. Um, was working in the airline industry and he got a huge pay cut. And at that time I was staying home with the kids and it's like, I just, I can't do that. I got to go get a job and had a a friend of the family who said, well, we're hiring over where I work. It's going to be in sales. Like I I really, you know, I'm just not the salesy, pushy kind of person. And I was like, no, it's okay. This is, you know, pretty close, you know, closed kind of industry. And, you know, it's not that hard and, you know, whatever, like, okay. But as I got into it, I found, yeah, there are competitors and, you know, and I'm trying to sell this service to people who really don't need it or they could get a better deal going somewhere else or there's another way that they could do it for a lot less. I did not feel good about that because I wouldn't want to be treated that way. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to be sold to that way. Um, and that job didn't last very long for me. And and, and that's OK, you know, and I, I just I, that's, you know. That's up to, you know, I guess up to you and what you, you feel comfortable with and what you don't feel comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it was scary doing this launch. It's like, okay, what if I put this in? And I kind of, um, do you know um, Noah Kagan? Yeah, I know Noah. Okay. So I had been kind of watching Noah's stuff and kind of got into the Noah, you know, approach of things and watched a few interviews with him over a couple of weeks and read some of his stuff. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of ripped the Band-Aid off kind of approach to things. You know, don't research it too much. Don't think about it too much. Just go out there and try it. And if it works, great. If not, drop it and start something else kind of. It's, that's the message that I got of, you know, some of the things that I was watching from him. Right. It's like, okay. So what I did was is I just said, okay, I'm going to do it. I, ha- I know I have all of this, this stuff where I presented live and in person and, I, you know, I you know, my works or my, um, you know, presentations that I've done, all the articles I've written, all this kind of stuff, I can pull a workshop together and it wouldn't be 
crazy hard for me, you know, because I know it's all there and I work with clients all the time and I've done it for them one-on-one. I can do it for a group. What's the difference? So one night I just created a page for the workshop, decided it was going to be three weeks, what modules I was going to include in it. And it's like, let's give it a try. Let's just give it a try. And in three days, I decided I only wanted 10 people in it. That's all I wanted because I wanted to make sure that I could give them the time that they needed, you know, for whatever questions it was that I would be available to answer their emails or, you know, throughout the calls and all that kind of stuff. And it, uh, all 10 spots were gone in 72 hours. Nice. Yeah. You know, so, and I learned a lot from that and I, you know, I'll be doing it again in January. Um, and there'll be some changes, you know, I learned, you know, what, what did work, what didn't work and, you know, that type of thing. And, um, so we'll just, we'll grow from there. And I felt good about that because I felt that I could really give them what they were looking for, you know, as far as answers or solutions to, to what their Pinterest concerns were, questions were. Right. Well, I mean, they got a master class in Pinterest and personal attention, which is just something that you don't get. Yeah, yeah, and and I and that's that's how I want to approach these things, I guess. Not just kind of the passive way, because the passive stuff is my blog post, is my podcast. You know, you can consume it and do it, which you know, and, and I give that away for free. Right. So now, pricing wise, what did you what did you price something like that at? Um, I kept it very, you know, since this was the first one, I, I, and I still wanted to provide good value for people. And I was, you know, I'm intimidated a little bit by the technology behind it. It's like, oh, which, you know, which conferencing system should I use? Did, you know, do I want to go to, did I wanted to use, um, you know, go to meeting or go to webinar or, um, what did I end up, oh, what did I end Did you consider that? Um, didn't really consider Google Hangouts because they, they have been so flighty for me in the times that I've tried to do simple things. I didn't want people to pay money for this and, you know, have the issues that I've had with Google Hangouts. Um, I ended up using WebEx. I checked out join.me. Um, but I ended up using WebEx because for me and, you know, the tests that I had run, there seemed to be the least lag time. Right. Um, and they were all priced pretty similar. Join.me was a lot less expensive, but the lag time, and I wasn't sure if I was, you know, people were going to be asking me to show them something live on Pinterest. Mm-hmm. And when you're doing that conferencing thing, there just seemed to be a really long lag time. So I ended up choosing WebEx for that, you know, and I wasn't sure about that and, you know, the process. So, I, and I said this, you know, in, in the page for the workshop, you know, this is going to be the one time low price to get all this access, you know, email access to me for three months, private Facebook group, these calls, you know, and I've even taken calls in between with some of the students or participants, I don't really like to call them students, um, participants in the workshop, and I priced it at $47. Oh, my God. (laughs) That is insane. You know, because I wanted to make sure if, you know, what if we got into this and I hadn't tested it with 10 people and we did have a couple of problems with WebEx, you know, and if they had paid $2,000 for it or or whatever and we got into WebEx and it just completely was awful, I didn't want to have to deal with, you know, all these other issues, you know, um, that that could come up or whatever. So I just like this the first time. Let's just get it out there. Let's just do it. And it worked. Wow. And and I did put that the next one is going to be more expensive. So should um, be. <laughs> it should be no, but that was that that's an awesome way to bring your community in, give them access, and an incredible amount of access, email, Facebook group, phone calls. I mean, coaching like that that I charge for for one person is you know anywhere between three to five. And they don't get three months of emails. That's that's monthly. <laughs> and I mean, yeah, yeah, them, and- that's crazy. 
Yeah. You know, cause I want, it, it was, it was a lot for me too, because it, it built, um, you know, I, I proved that I could do it and it kind of, kind of validated that, that product for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's part of the Noah Kagan strategy, you know, validated. Do people want it? Will people be interested in it? Yep. People are interested in it at this price and, you know, and, and that quickly, um, once I get it more refined and maybe, you know, and, and my page that, you know, was announcing it, you know, when you, when you see things online, sales pages, you see long things of copy and it's really intricate and that kind of stuff. This was very simple, flat out. This is what you get. This is what it is. This is how much it is. Yeah, I like um, that approach. And I, I like that. Yeah, <laughs> I like that approach because honestly, when it comes to sales copy and reading it, I hate it. So yeah. I don't want to write it and I don't want to have to put anybody else through it. You know, um, I, I, you know, there's products where, you know, I've seen and I've even bought some because they actually I bought them because they came recommended from other people, not because of the sales copy. Um, but when I go to check out the site or, you know, go to buy, it's like, okay, where's the buy button? Get me yeah. to the buy button. Tell me how much it is or, you know, whatever. Right. I'm scrolling and, down the page trying yeah. to find the buy button. <laughs> exactly. And then there's been times when I've come to those types of pages that I just leave it because I, right. I you know, if I'm going to have to play games just to purchase your product, I don't, you know, I, who's got time for that, you know? Yeah. I like Ramit um, Shetty. But, yeah. Uh, do your sales copy is incredible. Incredibly <laughs> long. It's good. <laughs> I mean, it's some of the best stuff out there and I love it and I study it and I learn from it. But I am just not at that point where I can create. I don't think I can talk about something like that that long. You know, and and I think if I were investing in in, in something that was, you know, tens of thousands of dollars and could really have a huge impact on my life, you know, like, you know, a mortgage, you know, there's a lot of legal ramifications. There's a lot of tax implications. There's a lot of stuff that goes with it. You know, that's a huge thing. And that requires a lot of information. Something that's as simple as a plug-in, I don't need to read for 10 minutes. Yeah, I think I think the short sales copy is underrated. And it has, uh, I think it's a lot more powerful because it's a lot less salesy. And you just tell people, people just want to know what they're going to get. And you, yeah. I mean, you really, really, in this course, for $47, you over-delivered. It should have been at least. Oh, you cut out there. I didn't hear what you said. No, I said it should have been at least four ninety seven at the least. <laughs> well, thanks. Well, thanks. I haven't really finalized the next one yet and what the price of that one's going to be, but it's going to happen um, mid to end, jan- end of January, depending on my speaking schedule. It's kind of changing as we speak. Um, and uh, we'll get that one going. And, and there'll probably be a little bit more sales copy and a little bit more details because there were some questions that came up that I didn't address in the, you know, in the sales copy that, you know, people came and asked me later. Right. Um, so, you know, and, and that, that's part of the learning thing. What do you need to know about this? What do you want to know instead of me writing, you know, a, a novel that I think will answer every question, you know, so. Yeah, when I was uh, I was listening to uh, Jamie Tardy on The Eventual Millionaire, she was interviewing Dane Maxwell and their mm-hmm. creation of the foundation, and he didn't have it ready when he created it. So he had, mm-hmm. he had a sales page and an idea of a program, but yeah. hadn't really created it. And they paid, I don't know, 20 times, what, well, not that much, <laughs> but they, they paid a lot more than 47 bucks to yeah, get thousands. that type of, yeah. yeah. No, yeah, that, that is very cool. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and I felt good about that because I wasn't sure, you know, and I didn't want to, and, you know, and and even then, I mean, okay, I'm just bearing my soul to you today. I don't know why it's confession day. Maybe the ice and snow outside are getting me to to just open up. Um, but you know, I did not, I held on to that money. That money stayed into the account until the course was over. And it's like, you know, just in case something goes wrong and I need to refund everybody's money back, I have it ready. You know, I just, I wanted to make sure that, you know, I I just want to be able to have something and produce something and have a business that I can 100% stand behind and feel good about. 
Right. I think that just speaks to the level of integrity that you feel for providing actual value to your audience. So bravo on that one. Thank you. In in the Ron Burgundy uh, fashion, keeping it classy. (laughs) (laughs) I try. (laughs) So... When you were creating your course, and I don't know how this became a course creation podcast, and I'm going to move away from it and go back to Pinterest here in a second. But when you were creating your course, what did you use? Because I know a lot of people are looking at information products right now. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's hugely popular to create a course and, you know, teach because it's it's one of the fastest ways to build an incredible amount of revenue, provide massive value, and actually teach people things that they, or even create a business with. What mm-hmm. did you use on like WP Courseware or something like that? What did you what did you do? I went so basic. I went so simple because that was kind of Noah's approach to everything. It's like this is what it, this is what they want, just do it. Um, uh, there was a post, and I'll have to get you the link to it or what it's what it's called. And it was um, he had done a, a creative live session, and I caught parts of that. And are you familiar with Creative Live? Yeah, I am. It is an awesome site. Yeah, so he was on there. He did a one-day thing on there, and I caught bits of it throughout the day. And then soon after that, um, on his post uh, or on his personal blog, not on AppSumo, on his personal blog, which I think is called OK Dork, um, <laughs> neat name there, um, he uh, he had some sort of beef jerky or some sort of business challenge. Mm-hmm. And he you know he took suggestions from his readers about what kind of business he should open. And the options were a lemonade, something based on lemonade, salsa, or beef jerky. And he decided to do this beef jerky business. And he just pretty much – he. Garrett, you know, he said that in 24 hours, he can make $1,000 on a beef jerky business. And he did it. And he he revealed his model. And it was just very basic. It was email. It was Facebook. And he didn't use his AppSumo um, connections. He used his personal connections, which you kind of have to argue a little bit. Well, some of the, that did come from AppSumo. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and, you know, his other business connections that he's had in the past. But he was able to do it. And then, you know, a few weeks later, it came out, you know, well, there was some flaws in it and there was this and that. It's like, okay, well, if he was able to create something, you know, on that scale that quickly, that's the way I want to go with it. So I just went quick and dirty. I had a PayPal button and my sales page. Nice. And that was it. Figured out WebEx. I've created some slides. We had our live calls. I went through my slides. We had the calls. I recorded them on screen share with maybe intending to sell them afterwards because I didn't include that in the price. Mm-hmm. Videos were not included in the price, but I never I never did end up offering them to my students. Nobody asked for them. One person did ask in the meantime uh, during the course, and I told her that they weren't going to be available. Um, but, you know, in the next course, I'll make it clear that they, you know, that they, you know, either they are or they aren't included. I haven't decided yet because I want people to really be there and be involved. But I understand you know, schedule changes. And it is hard to schedule something that accommodates everybody's time zone, you know? Um, And, you know, I do want to make sure that people that are really into this course, you know, and and really want to learn about it, um, have the opportunity to um, participate, you know, despite, you know, work schedules or time zones or that type of thing. Um, But, uh, you know, so it was just, that's all it was. There were, you know, I looked at some, you know, courseware type things and I looked at, you know, all these other types of, you know, different types of WordPress sites or or whatever to to have courses on. Um, But I just, I didn't do it. And I don't, I'm not sure, maybe later I will, if I find a need for it, you know, to add more modules or different things to it. Um, But right now I just wanted to keep it basic and simple. And, you know, the, the main thing that was important to me was that they, you know, that the students or the participants taking it um, got some value out of it. No, that is very cool. So getting back to Pinterest, in conversation, I think people learned a lot about just the product creation model and how not to make it complicated. Because I think you struggle with the same thing that a lot of us struggle with, because I'm going through the very same thing that you were talking about as far as just all of it. 
Yeah. <laughs> what I'm yeah. yeah. It's, 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 it's overwhelming. And, and, you know, it, there are these, all these options. Mm-hmm. What do you do? Where do you go? Yeah. Right. Do you use Udemy? Do you use Skillshare? Do you, mm-hmm. you know, do you go with WP courseware and, you know, how many modules do you create and do you have to have video? Should you do audio? It's, it's complicated. <laughs> it can be, but yeah. I, I, I don't have time for that. Right. I, you know, right. I think you painted a really clear picture of at least a good direction that people can go in. Now, speaking of good directions people can go in, we had a conversation at FinCon and you were telling me about a local business. And so local business owners, this is for you. They were like a trash company or it was something kind of obscure in the way that they were using Pinterest and that they actually saw an increase in their business from doing it. It was something that you were telling me about. Do you recall that conversation? Mm, about them. Not specifically. Yeah, that was at the end of a very long week. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I'm like, yeah. I'm uh, and and as far as local business goes, the, the one example that I do like to talk about was at Santa Cruz Construction Guild. That's them. Okay, yeah. Um, Santa Cruz Construction Guild and um, is, is an organization of, people in the construction, remodeling, building industry in Santa Cruz, California. Um, And their Pinterest board, which is called, just their board, not their whole account, their board is called Santa Cruz Remodeling. And, you know, they're not the crafters, they're not the fashion designers, they're not the recipe, you know, foodie type of, you know, bloggers or anything like that. They, they're they just, an, you know, an association, I guess, kind of, of, you know, people in this industry. And their Santa Cruz remodeling board ranks number one on Google for that phrase. Nice. So, yeah. So because of that, more attention has been brought to their site and actually the owner of the site and, you know, maybe, I don't know exactly how the the structure, you know, works of that organization, but the person who's in charge of, you know, managing their Pinterest account um, anyway, um, has since written a book um, based on, you know, how they've grown their guild and that kind of stuff and working with Habitat for Humanity. So then that in turn is going to grow and earn funds for Habitat for Humanity. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, and, and their Pinterest account, you know, since they're not, you know, the, the more popular categories of Pinterest, um, they, you know, they have, you know, at that time, gosh, I want to, it was like under a hundred pins and about 120 followers. Mm -hmm. Um, so it wasn't that they had hundreds and thousands of followers or thousands and thousands of pins, but they were still able to rank number one on Google. No, that is crazy. Now, did you help them with their, their, their Pinterest account? No, I didn't. I wish I could take credit for that. <laughs> so no, I think what it, I think he commented on one of my. Or, no, no, go ahead. He commented on one of your. Um, yeah, he commented on a Facebook post that I did or something from my Facebook page, and um, you know, we had a, a small conversation back and forth, and he said, "By the way, I just wanted to share with you this happened." And, you know, he had found that they were ranking number one for that phrase. That's pretty cool. Um, you know, so right after, you know, when you're in Santa Cruz, California, and you, or, you know, wherever, and you you search Santa Cruz remodeling, you know, when you're looking up local things, you see the Google Maps show up with all the little pins, you know, drop place things and whatever. But, you know, then there they are. Their, their Pinterest uh, board oh, is. That's crazy. So really, really a lot of potential there for local businesses. And since Pinterest has launched the place pins feature, mm-hmm. um, I think there's even more potential for local businesses. So now, what, how would you recommend that a, a a plumber take advantage of Pinterest or someone in a business like that or just in, in a business in general that's a service business or any particular business that you want to rank for a particular term in your city? 
to keep it local? Um, okay, to keep it local, let's start off there. Just keep on mentioning the name of your city in your pins. Um, you know, when, when you're talking about whatever it is, you know, I mean, like right now we're experiencing really bad, cold, icy weather here in the North Texas area. If I were a plumber and I, you know, had a Facebook post and I was writing about, you know, I would say, you know, prepare to, you know, or take care of your pipes, comma, you know, find citizens of Fort Worth, you know, because I live close to Fort Worth. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then I could pin that Facebook post with, the, you know, a cute picture, you know, or, or some sort of picture of ice or pipes and ice or frozen or busted pipes or something on the Pinterest and then include a few tips on how to, you know, manage, you know, how to do that, you know, on a blog post maybe, or if not, just within the Pinterest pin somehow. Um, but I would mention the city and I would have value. I would have information behind it. And I think that's really what is key on Pinterest, no matter what type of business you're in, whether you have a product or a service-based business, people go to Pinterest to find solutions in a sense. It's more of a search type of, of platform than it is that, you know, typical, I had this for lunch, you know, where are you going for our vacation type of social network like Facebook or Twitter or that type of thing. Um, so providing additional valuable information, helpful hints, how to use this, how to use my product, how can my service help you, what, what problems can I solve for you? Um, if your pins, you know, contain that plus the name of your city, you're golden. Right. Now, would you recommend that when they send them back to their site that they send them to an email landing page or straight to an article? If possible, send it to an article. I mean, I am a huge, huge fan of blogging, you know, for or businesses that have blogs. And um, because then it shows their expertise and you get to know more about them and, and it provides them more content, which helps with their Google ranking, which, you know, I mean, I think blogs overall are just great and so, for so many different reasons. Um, and then, you know, the image that was used in that blog could then, you know, be pinned on a Pinterest, shared on Facebook um, with some modifications. Um, and then, you know, you have people to go back and, and articles for them to read that are relevant to the information they're, you know, from the place that they're coming from, you know. So if you mention something about frozen pipes on Pinterest or on Facebook and I click through, I want to go and find more information about frozen pipes, you know, at least, at least, you know, a little blurb. It doesn't have to be a 10,000 word blog post. It doesn't have to be a thousand word blog post. Um, just, you know, list five tips on how to, you know, prevent my pipes from fight from freezing, you know, in the wintertime. But, you know, if, if you're writing about, you know, if you have a list and you have, you know, maybe a PDF document and you want to make that into an email landing page, then sure, they're still going to get that, um, that information, then, you know, whatever it is that you're giving away. But you, then you do collect the email address. So that's, that's two different approaches. Right. No, that's, that's, that's awesome. Now, what, what would you say, or let's, let's do this. Let's, uh, I want to make sure we're teaching. And uh, I mean, I've learned some things about Pinterest that I didn't realize that you could do. Because it, it seems to me that Pinterest is a really good lead creation source, not necessarily a selling source. Although I did want to ask you about ba- uh, people like, um, who, I think it is not Amy Porterfield, Melanie Duncan. She's, mm-hmm. another, she's another Pinterest expert. And I know she has a, um, like a monogram business and they actually sell stuff directly from Pinterest. I wanted to ask you how you felt about selling from Pinterest or using Pinterest to create value, take a lead back to your website, capture information, and then sell them. I think both, I think both approaches are great because Mm -hmm. people are using it at different times for different reasons. Um, There's times that people use Pinterest just to kind of, you know, that are really interested in the latest, you know, boots for the winter, you know, and they're going to want to just find the boots that they're looking for to go, you know, on their next vacation or or whatever it is. Um, But then there's other times that people are interested in what 
you know, what the trends are in boots. Okay, well, am I supposed to get them high? Am I supposed to get them low? Are the heels different this year? The shape of the toe? You know, what materials are they made out of? You know, so they're, they're wanting to find more fashion type news and, and, and information. Um, so I think both approaches really work well on Pinterest. Well, I mean, this has been chock full of information and already an hour has gone by. <laughs> I've got a thousand more questions that I want to ask you about Pinterest. So in the interest of our audience, give me like your top three tips for people that are brand new to Pinterest that want to use it for business. So if you want to use it for business, keep in mind the SEO factor of it. Keep in mind that it's not the platform to tell people necessarily that, you know, you're about to take, you know, a trip somewhere. You know, it's not that personal information necessarily, um, but keep in mind the SEO. So use those keywords wherever you can. Any place that there's text available to you on Pinterest, use it mm-hmm. um, and use it to what you want to be found for, you want to be known for. Um, another tip would be is to really look at your profile picture. Really? Um, yeah. <laughs> um, does your profile picture communicate that you are a business? Um, is it is your logo, you know, enough? Or, and does your logo really communicate what kind of business you are? And sometimes, depending on the kind of business, I, I kind of you know, and it kind of happens on a case by case basis, but I kind of tend to ask people to not use their logo because people on Pinterest don't necessarily, aren't there always to be sold to. And, and, you know, there could be that hesitancy. Well, if I follow this business, this local, then all I'm ever going to see are these product pins Mm -hmm. or these, you know, pins pushing, you know, whatever it is that they have. Um, so that's kind of why my, my logo looks the way that it does, where it's in, in a kind of the way your, your podcast cover art looks, Vernon, where it's a picture of you, but then there's something beside it that lets, me know that there's more to that. It's not just a person using Pinterest because right now there isn't a differentiation between personal accounts and private accounts that are that's really v- visible to the person just on Pinterest. Right. Um, so for me, I put the little banner underneath my my headshot that has um, you know my my logo for my for my site. And yeah, yeah then, I noticed that. Yeah, and then that gets carried around every time I repin something on Pinterest. Um, so, you know, it, it helps with branding, it helps with brand awareness, that type of thing. Um, and the third tip that I would recommend is create the boards that you're going to use on your account with your ideal client or customer in mind. Um, this is your business account, and your business account is to serve them. It's not to serve you necessarily. Um, so if you're a plumber using Pinterest, you don't necessarily want to have a lot of personal stuff on there front and center. If you're, you know, plumbers, you do want to get to know them. I want to know that Joe's the guy that's going to come and fix, you know, whatever plumbing problem I have. Um, so I would like to know about Joe. And if Joe is into writing Harley Davidson, well, great, but that shouldn't be his first board up at the top. The first board up at the top should be about plumbing and the services he provides and how he can help me. Um, And then if it makes sense, then maybe put those, you know, interests and those other types of personal, more personal and and things about you as, you know, the business owner more towards the bottom. Right. And you can move, you can move your boards around in Pinterest, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and you should. How do you do that? Um, uh, on the desktop, you just click on it and drag it. Okay, cool. Very nice. Well, Cynthia, we are just over an (laughs) hour and, I could talk to you for another couple hours, to be honest, just because, I mean, this was a this was a great conversation. And we got into stuff that I did not expect us to get into. I did. I'm sorry if I derailed your podcast. No, it is awesome. I like it when we get into stuff that I didn't plan on talking about because I'm like, I don't know how many questions I have about Pinterest. I'm looking at it on my iPad. I'm like, oh, crap. What about this? What about that? What about this? And <laughs> I, I, I know you cover all of that stuff in your course, which is going to be coming up, you said, in mid to late January? 
Yes, yes. I, I'm well. The there's a, a speaking engagement that I'm com- that I might have coming up, which could affect it, and I want to make sure that I'm not gone while I'm supposed to be teaching a course. So I want right. to make sure I schedule around that. Well, that is very cool. So you are going to be at uh, New Media Expo coming up here in January. I am. And what's your what's your um, your speech about? What's your talk about? Um, it's going to be about bringing traffic and engagement to your website using Pinterest. Um, and the sneak peek is that it's going to be titled, the, well, it's it's taking your Pinterest account to the next level and um, kind of taking a little bit of influence there from Cliff Ravenscraft, how he takes everything to the next level. Yeah. And um, are you ready to are you ready to level up? Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I wanted to say taking it to the next level in a couple of things. I'm like, doggone it. That's Cliff. And I don't want to seem like I'm just copying him. But <laughs> You were inspired by him, and so have I been. Actually, he runs his courses in a similar way, and I I, I like that. Well, awesome. So where can people find you online? Um, I am at ohsopinteresting.com. Okay, cool. And all your Facebook and Pinterest and everything else is just ohsopinteresting. So facebook.com slash? It's actually ohsopinteresting. P interesting. Oh, so Pinteresting was gone from Facebook and it didn't fit on Twitter. So, ah. but it, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So everybody, you can get to all those places from my site. Yeah. I have the buttons all over the place. Okay, cool. Well, Cynthia, I really do appreciate it. And thanks so much. It was my pleasure. This was a lot of fun. Hey, what's up guys. That was pretty amazing, right? Yeah. I had so much fun talking to Cynthia. This was an amazing interview. We, uh, we went in a direction I did not expect and things just, you know, I mean, we hit it off really well and and just covered a lot of things that I don't even think Cynthia had anticipated on talking about and it ended up we ended up focusing a lot on product creation. So, you know, I've been talking to uh, quite a few people and if you go back to the Andrew Warner episode, we Andrew and I touched on me creating a digital product and I'm still working on getting that digital product out, but something that Cynthia said that I thought was very interesting and just speaks so highly of her is the fact that, you know, she could have just put out a course, charged a bunch of money, not been really sure about it, not felt good about it, and just went with it because there was revenue on the table and been able to, you know, just maximize revenue. And she chose not to do that. And I think that says a lot about who she is as a business person, who she is as a person. And when you're making a choice about learning technology and learning, you know, social media, especially Pinterest, if you're going to be learning Pinterest for your business and choose to use that social platform, you should consider taking Cynthia's course. It's going to be launching in January, as she said. So look forward to that. I will update the show notes as soon as that course comes out with a link to her course. Um, You know, you, you guys should definitely consider taking it. So Going to be seeing Cynthia at New Media Expo in January in Las Vegas, so that's going to be fun. We'll probably do a follow-up interview. She's doing a lot of good stuff. So you can find Cynthia online at ohsopinteresting.com, and on Twitter, you can find her at ospinteresting.com. But just go out to the website, and you can find all the links to Cynthia anywhere else on the web. Um, Take note, I did recently launch a resource page. You guys may be familiar with the Stimulus Package page. It was a page I had on the blog at Ross PR for a long time. Had lots of stuff out there, some scripts, um, things that I've used for sponsorship, stuff like that in the past. I'm going to be updating the page with things like that, and that page is ever-evolving, ever-changing. So the way it looks today may not be the way it looks in a couple weeks, but we'll see. 
I also have and uh, need to thank Max CDN. Max CDN is our actual first sponsor for the show. So uh, I didn't expect that 10 episodes in, but hey, that's pretty amazing, and I'm happy to have them as a sponsor. So Max CDN is a you know a uh, distributed network of servers that deliver content from your websites. So if you're you know you have a slower website and you don't think it's your host, it could be your host. But if your website's not performing the way you want it to, you got you know an image-heavy website, lots of CSS and techie stuff in the background. MaxCDN distributes that across the world to different computers. So when someone's loading your website and they're in California, they're going to get your content delivered from a server near them, and not one in St. Louis. So it just speeds up your website performance overall. It's a really great service. Uh, I am very happy to be sponsored by MaxCDN. So, so far, the uh, website speed has picked up. I've been measuring it. I'll share that stuff with you guys um, probably in a later episode when I get MaxCDN on to actually talk about what's going on with MaxCDN. I may do that. I may not. Either way it goes, I think I'm going to put the uh, stats out there so you guys can see it. All right, guys, this is it. I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up. I uh, look forward to talking to you guys in the next episode. Got some exciting guests coming up still. And I'm going to be covering New Media Expo, so definitely look forward to that. I may uh, do some different things there. There may be a few podcasts coming out, uh, just shorter, maybe 10, 15 minutes, just covering things and people that I meet at New Media Expo that I uh, get to sit down for a quick and dirty interview and get a few tips from them. So look for that coming out, and I will talk to you guys in the next episode.